Climbers, with over 300 episodes under our belt, let's take a look back at some of the value bomb quotes and insights that will help you create leverage in the music business. We're going way back. So buckle up, Marty. Get that DeLorean up to 88 miles per hour. Johnny, do your thing. That was my worst Back to the Future <laughs> ever. It's early. Great Scott. Welcome to the show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need. This podcast exists because we want you to win. This podcast will help you reframe your brain, your strategies, everything you need to be an indie artist, to be an indie songwriter, to get the things that you want to be successful. It's easier now than it ever was before. But you've got to do the work yourself, and you have to be approaching it the right way from the songwriter business standpoint, with your content, from the indie artist standpoint, and all of that's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a backstroom from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is also, not for nothing, Hmm. a man of God, a father of five, and an award-winning hit songwriter. (laughs) <laughs> with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Also happens to be my friend, not for nothing, a very good friend of mine. Definitely I'm not for nothing. Say. And you can find uh, – what I love about Brent, before you go find him, let me, let me tell you what you find him for. He, he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he gets you in touch with the pros. And this is legit, y'all. All relationships are being created. Songs are being cut. Uh, p- p- songs are being put on hold. I mean, this is this is not a this 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 ain't no hustle here. This is real. Mm-hmm. This is a real stop. All right, find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my friend and co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. This production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. And might I add that while you notice that my intro is pretty much always exactly the same, Johnny has an intro written out too. And it's pretty much never the same. And that sums us up. <laughs> that sums us up. Johnny, how's it going? Uh, never the same. Never the same. I'm, I'm working <laughs> on a different intro here. I, I'm, I'm flirting with some stuff. This is like my live sort of, you know, when, how you test a new song out. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and, and do that. So You're it, testing it in the clubs and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm flirting with some stuff, and I had this great idea last night, and then I think I kind of fumbled the football a little bit. But I was like, oh, we we got, I didn't get the first down I wanted, <clears throat> or yeah. the touchdown, but I, mm-hmm. you know, we got some forward yardage on it. Well, that's good. I, I, I think I'm going to do a better job of explaining what the heck it is that we do, and what this podcast is about, like right out the gate. I think mm-hmm. that couldn't wait, you know, couldn't Can't wait. wait. So what are we gonna what are we gonna learn today, buddy? Well, so I've been having uh, some of my awesome interns going through. Specifically, Molly does a bunch of these for me. But uh, Molly and Chantal, they've been going through and they've been finding um, quote quotes out of old podcast episodes because you know we're a media company basically, right? Just like singers and songwriters out there, media companies. So like, hey, let's go through. Let's start at episode zero. Find some quotes throw them up on a graphic so we can share them out on socials and stuff. So I've just been looking through some of those and through old episodes. And it's funny. Well, they'll bring me a stack when we do our intern meeting each week. And like, here's some quotes. I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah, I agree with that guy being me. You know, and that's good that I agree with myself like five years later. But anyway, know, through, right? yeah. <laughs> so far, there hasn't been one of those where I was like, let's just get rid of that one. Lose that one out the back. You know, pretend I never said that. Pretend, like, uh, yeah. delete, it's not like you're right? it's not like you're a politician. You're a real person. Exactly. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so I was going through those like, man, some of these are really good points. Let's just go back and just do, you know, we just hit episode 300 a couple episodes ago. So let's go back and uh, just do a little retrospective on some of these bullet points, these tweetables that uh from some like six years ago episodes and some newer ones too. So I thought we'd just dive into some of that. Some just value bombs or just a little sampler platter of value. 
Uh, I love that. Okay. I think this is cool. I mean, if you give me some ideas maybe for some future stuff on my side, <laughs> on, on the even episodes. That's right. You know, on the even. So because before Johnny, we do that, gets, let's- Johnny gets all the big ones. He gets all the even ones. So that's all your 100s, 200s, 300s, 350s, 400s. I get like, we're celebrating episode 101. Well, that's what you one. that's what you get when when you end up like on a long show like this and you end up being first. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. I just thought about that in my head right now. I was like, oh, oh how did I, how did that happen? Because he went first. Oh. I went first. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, let's take care of some business. As always, we're super proud to be a part of American Songwriting Magazine's podcast network, uh, otherwise known as ASPN. This has been going on for a year now. There's 15 shows on there, including ours. So if you haven't made your way over to americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast to look at the other shows, please do so. There's some really cool stuff on there. And if you found us through americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast, see what I did there? See how I did that? That's it. That's uh, it. Then welcome to the climb. We love having you. And, and please tell a friend about it. Now, 15 shows. It's a lot of, it's a lot to go through your time mm-hmm. starved. Like everybody else, we get that. Guess what? American songwriter got a solution for that. They thought of everything. What is it, Brent? Ooh, they uh, they do the Suncast. See, the Suncast is a really neat thing. So if you go to americansongwriter.com forward slash Suncast, that's S-U-N, sun is in bright sunny day, but also is in Sunday. What they do is every Sunday they curate the top five uh, episodes from across the American Songwriter Podcast Network. They curate those. They put them together, package them up in a nice little email for you, and they send it to you for free. So you can go, oh, here's what's going on on The Climb. Here's what's going on in Pitch List. Here's what's going on in uh, the Zach Coon show. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but his podcast is good. And anyway, you you do that, and then it shows up every Sunday in your in your email inbox. It's nice. They do some of that curation work for you. So again, it's top five. It's the americansongwriter.com forward slash suncast, S-U-N-C-A-S-T. So like podcast on Sunday, suncast. Get what they did there? There you go. All right. And join the climb community. That is American, uh, Americans, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You've got to ask to be let in, but don't worry. We let everybody in. And this is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. We've got pro people in there, too. We've got some execs in there that I know about personally. They're just kind of keeping an eye on what's going on and what we're saying. This is your chance to be a part of that. Just be a part of the community. Add value to the community. Get value from the community. Talk about your wins. Hook up co-writes. Ask questions about promotion, digital stuff, social media stuff, and you're going to get some great answers. It's also a place for you. Again, these are peers. This isn't your. This isn't your your audience to 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 sell to. to. Okay, (laughs) this isn't your consumer audience. These are the people you're going to find hanging out backstage at your show because they're part of that community too. Hey, man, great show. I love. I really dug the guitar sound. I love the song you did. Blah blah blah. So. Uh, treat them as such, I think mm-hmm. is the point that we're trying to put across here. Now, we give you opportunities to social share. We give you uh, Wednesday win- uh, new heights on Wednesday, Wednesday wins. We kind of call it a, two di- by two different names. But mm-hmm. you can brag about your wins and talk about the stuff you got coming up and get a bunch of high fives and attaboys and attagirls. We like that. <clears throat> We've got um, – you can talk about your gigs. We, we give you a place to shout out just about every itch you want to scratch when it comes to, to, to just letting people know what you're up to. It just put it in the right place. That's all you got to do. Easy peasy, or you're going to get roadhoused out. And mm. I am Dalton, and I've been doing it, <laughs> and I, I'm doing it. And, I, and you'll get a message, and it's not a nasty gram, right. but it's like a, hey, put this in the right place. We want to hear about it. Don't screw up the main feed, the main mm-hmm. feed. We protect our community here, That's right. Brent. That's you right. and me, we protect our, we make sure that they're safe, that they're not getting inundated with crap. So uh, if you're going to do anything in the main feed, make sure it's for everybody in your music, you, you know, not for everybody, but certainly uh, news, 
funny mm-hmm. stuff, anything that's songwriter or any musician oriented, it's relevant and personal to this audience. They're going to appreciate it. Put that in there. Otherwise, if it's about you, want to hear that too, just put it in the right place. Does everybody yep. get that? All right. That's right. <clears throat> so, so subscribe. The way- Oh, oh wait, go we got to win. We got wins. We got well, wins. We, we, we got. definitely got wins. But as we're talking about this, it makes me think about, you know, this is like you operate in the climb community like you would if you walked into the writer's room with somebody. Right. You don't oh, just walk in there. So smart. You, well, it only takes us 303 episodes. So you walk in there. We're always evolving, and, Brett. <laughs> and you don't just walk in and be like, before you even write the song, be like, hey, my new single's about to drop. You give me a like and a share, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Let me play you my new song. Let me play you this other song I wrote with somebody that's not you, right? That's kind of annoying, really. <laughs> hey, how we, you doing? I'm Johnny. Hey, check this out. This is all out. my stuff. Aren't I awesome? I hey, hey, this is my new out. song. Check this out. Like, it's awesome. Like, did you see the clothes I wore last night? So cool. Like, I love it. I'll hook you up with that person if you want. But listen, enough about me, enough about what I think about me. What do you think about me? Exactly. <laughs> not very useful. However, in a co-write, you be like, you might share some news like hey so-and-so's looking or hey i got a question by the way you know hey what do you think about this you know mechanical licensing collective oh well yeah let's talk about that or hey i hear so-and-so's looking for songs or hey you know here's some you can do that kind of stuff ask questions yeah hey, hey i got a- my first interview coming up anybody got any suggestions on how i'm supposed to handle this so i can be as cool as possible yeah, that kind of stuff is appropriate like in a co-write but you don't just bust up in there just playing songs you wrote with other people Hey, this is what I wrote yesterday. You're like, great. I'm just kind of hoping to write something today. So check out my new shoes. Are these jeans too tight on me? I should buy a boat. Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and again, there's a place to share your your gigs. We have the gig alert. We have the social share. That way, people have an outlet for that, and, and people want to find each other. Then we facilitate that so they know where to go to and look for you. But we ke- try to keep the feed clean with questions, answers. Uh, yeah, funny stuff that's music related is fun because yeah, you'll go into a car like, oh, dude, I saw this thing was hilarious, you know. But we keep it music related. So anyway, you want to kind of conduct yourself like you would in a co write, which is not just interrupting the flow of your song, playing the song that you wrote yesterday with somebody else. So anyway, we do have some wins, and actually, I'm going to hop out of the climb. Uh, group on Facebook for this because I'm going to hop over to American Songwriter Magazine, which showed up on my doorstep the other day with beautiful Dave Grohl on the cover. I don't know if he's beautiful, man, but he I does have these simmering eyes. Thing. I don't get the, I don't get the, I don't get the magazine anymore. Like okay. I, I, I just bought one. Them. Like we get one, we get one. They offered it to us because American Songwriter is cool. And all the people that are working for him, like the podcast, like, Hey, here's a subscription. You're cool. Mm-hmm. But I, before they did that, and they did it pretty quick, but I was just so excited. I'm like, I got to re-up my subscription to American mm-hmm. Song. So I did it. So, like, I'm on the books as a paying one. Then I didn't re-up it because I get it. for, And I just have to call them and say, hey, send that yeah. stuff. But I'm missing these episodes. And I yeah. know what you're about to say, but go on. But I'm sad because I don't have it. I'm, I know. you. It's fun to hold it in your hands. So, anyway, so this new episode with Dave Girl on the cover. And, anyway, each month they do, like, the lyric contest. And so, I, you know, I got my episodes or my issues. So I'm flipping through it, looking and and what do you know? I see some familiar names. I see some climbers in here. So under the honorable mentions for the uh, lyric contest, we have Kathy Wallace. Congrats, Kathy. We see Blake Bard on there twice. Kathy Wallace, Blake Bard. That's right. And Bill O'Hanlon. Bill O'Hanlon. I got That's a story right. about you. I got a story about that. I got to share with you. Oh, boy. So there's some other names here that if y'all, if you're a climber and I just don't know you yet, my bad, but I know that at least four of the songs represented are by climbers um, in the new episode or the new issue of American Songwriter magazine. So congrats to y'all. Keep on climbing. That was fun to see that and post that out and share it on social. It's like, oh, my worlds are colliding, my American Songwriter world and my climb world. That's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, super hardcore shout out to the honorable mentions and everybody for getting in there. Number one, that's awesome. Number two, I just want to say this. <sighs> And I'm speaking about you and me, Brent, and all climbers. I I, I envy us. <laughs> that we know these people. I envy us. Yeah. Like we are, like we're cool. It's an honor to be in our, like to be one of us. Like I love it. I'm super, I'm super cocky about that, man. That's funny. <laughs> I'm unabashedly cocky about that. I love it. And so get this, dude. Mm-hmm. You know how O'Hanlon is like everywhere? Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, this past weekend, uh, remember I told you I was flying up to Chicago mm-hmm. to go see Mackenzie O'Brien. She had a like a killer direct support slot for Parker McCollum, who's a, mm-hmm. a major label MCA artist, uh, at Joe's on Weed Street, which is a killer club, by the way, like mm-hmm. super fun. And um, Ray's like, you know, hey, man, I think you should think about maybe working with her and and producing her right mm-hmm. because she needs to go a little bit more rock and roll and and she's trying to you know she's trying to make some changes her stuff's evolving and i think like her, she's evolving like into your orbit you know mm-hmm. would you would you would you check her out and i was like of course i'll check her out and so had a conversation with her father and and uh had a conversation with Mackenzie, and then i thought you know what like and we got nothing here nothing no contracts no nothing i just was i want to see what she's made out of you know mm-hmm. so uh, and this is there's like two stories going on here that I just want to share with her. So before that, Mackenzie calls me and she's like, "Hey, I got this big gig, and what advice do you have? Like, what should I do? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any advice? Like, what? How do I maximize this? You know? Yeah. And I thought, first of all, what a great phone call to get. Yes. Right. Like, what? What don't I know? Tell me what don't I know? Yes. And I and so I said, okay. And and where do I go to? I go to Tom Jackson. Mm-hmm. immediately let's talk about your live show i said most artists are going to uh in an in a, she had a 40 minute set in an opportunity like this it was sold out okay mm-hmm. so you're gonna have a, a throng of fans like a throng of people to to win over and i said you know the first thing an artist goes to is like how many songs can i pack into this 40 minutes how many originals right yeah and wrong answer you want moments you could have right. all nothing but hit songs and play but they're going to hear them once and you're going to go on to the next one and they're not going to remember the song because they only heard it once it's the first time they heard it yeah so what you want to do is create moments so i said i want you to do two things here because this is a phone call i don't have time to you know, fly yeah. there early and kind of work with her. But I said, it, it's, it's your voice is what's going on here. It's all about your voice. You know, Ray, Ray told me she could sing. And so I said, open the show, whatever song you're going to open the show with, go right to the chorus, but start out just you and an acoustic guitar and just sing that chorus, but vamp on it, you know, just drag mm-hmm. it out. Like, don't try to go in the tempo or something. Just set that up, announce your presence with authority then kick into the song. <clears throat> and she said, okay, oh, I like that. Okay, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I think you should throw a cover in there. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, we were thinking about doing, and I, I forgive me, I can't remember the name of the song, but she, it's like, I think the first or the second biggest cranberry hit, right? I think okay. maybe the biggest one was Zombie, right? The Cranberries. Um, zombie, Zombie. And maybe linger? maybe linger's another one, but it wasn't linger. It was a third yeah. one. It was it was, um, but it was huge, right? Mm-hmm. It was a really big hit. But I said, you know what? I just I like this is a really good song. I like where your head is at. You're trying to give them some candy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is a smart move. But uh, I said, you know what else? Why why wouldn't you choose like zombie? Because everybody can sing along to that, right? Yeah. And that's what I want. I want everybody to sing with you. You know, and she mm-hmm. goes, well, this other song we were thinking about doing was like Dreams from uh, Fleetwood Mac. And uh-huh. I'm like, that's the song. Okay. Yeah. I said, that's the song. And once again, when you, wherever you put that, put that in the middle of the set somewhere, I want you to vamp on the chorus, just you singing. That's it. And just be like, you know, just, just announce the song by going, you know, thunder only happens when it's raining. Mm -hmm. And then just give it a, give it a beat. Let everybody just stop talking and understand what you did and then sing the next line. And then, and then do that whole chorus and then, uh, you know, when the rain washes you clean, you'll know. And then a second, you'll know, boom, 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 mm-hmm. kick in like that. And so we had this whole conversation. Janelle is in, the, I'm at Janelle's place. And I'm giving it, so she's hearing the conversation from my side of the phone. So we go up to Chicago. Dan, she doesn't do everything we talked about. Okay. <laughs> nice. Like, first of all, balls, right? Like, yeah. it's guts to just go and try some, so very big show for her. Doesn't know me from a can of paint, but what we talked about made sense. So she goes and she tries to incorporate it. Starts out a cappella. Everybody just shut up and paid attention to her. Mm-hmm. She went and rocked through all a, a whole bunch of original songs. And then she now I brought up my camera just because they didn't have anybody there. I'm like, I'm gonna get some footage of this just for you, mm-hmm. just because you're gonna need it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like 
So I'm running around doing that. And then she kicks into uh, dreams and she does yeah. that whole thing. Dude, she gets through uh, half of the first line. The whole crowd is singing with her. Mm-hmm. And then the whole crowd acapella with her sings that chorus. Nice. And then the band kicks in and the energy comes up and then the whole crowd sings the whole song. Nice. Right? Like, there you go again. You say you want your freedom. And everybody's singing it. And she just elevates off the stage. Like, she just floats up off the stage. Yeah. Okay. And it was, and then I remember I'm working my way around to like the, the backstage area in this club is sort of like an upstairs, like, like blocked off upstairs mm-hmm. thing where another bar and dressing rooms are and everything. And Janelle comes running down. She, she did it. She did it. Oh my God. I got my hair standing up. It was so cool. And then we just shared this on social media, but there was a blogger there that saw her mm-hmm. and it was like something, some, it was the greatest review. And it was something like, uh, you know, local hero j- just crushes it. It's not often you get in front of a cold audience like that and give everybody sing along with you. He said something about that. Yeah. And so, wow, super great. But anyway, after the show, we're talking. Uh, or the next night, we went out to dinner and we were just kind of talking. And then they bring up Bill O'Hallen. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they like, do. You know Bill O'Hallen? <laughs> They're like, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? This guy is everywhere. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. He is a master networker. So Bill O'Hanlon, slow clap for me, brother. Mm-hmm. Like, you are everywhere. You know, That's that hilarious. was so cool. But anyway, all right, let's get on with this, dude. I had to share that story. That was all right, so, Johnny, so great so cool. episode. So uh, that was a good <laughs> one, man. Thanks for being here. And y'all just we we're, exist because we want you to win. Uh, so okay all right let's get into this all right so looking back over 300 episodes um at some of these just quotes that like oh i still agree with me and so we'll just figure we'll dive into these and just kind of riff on them a little bit but this, so stick around because uh well obviously you don't know what's coming so uh, so this is in the Wayback machine episode 19 I don't wow. even know what the name of the episode was. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Episode 19. The quote is, wait till you got something great. Demo the song that's great. Wait till you got uh-huh. something great. Demo the song that's great. That's the thing. I think, and I may do a whole episode on this, but like good songs are way too expensive. Good songs are way too expensive because if you demo good songs, well, then that's, they're not going to get cut. Right. Your good songs don't get cut by someone else. If you're a songwriter Ooh. aiming to other people. Mm-hmm. So there you're in the hole. You spent money. You didn't, you know, that you're not going to make back. That's expensive. And then if you pitch good songs, that takes a slot of what could be a great song. And it, mm-hmm. and it tarnishes your reputation. It doesn't make it shine. Cause a little dust on there. Like, yeah, it was good. It's fine. It doesn't move you forward at, at the um, worst. It could, it could, make you go backwards because then they start thinking of you're just yeah he's a good songwriter yeah he's good or she's good she's good fine Uh (laughs) uh-oh that's major red flags you would be like oh they're phenomenal and you don't get to phenomenal by just playing good songs right now they're the best you got and it's that first you know in the first stage rocket where it's going to fall off the back as you climb you know then that's one thing but you want to wait till you have something great. I mean, you don't need to spend your time and your money and your resources and all this stuff demoing mediocre songs or just good songs. For one thing, if you are blessed to write with uh, a hit writer, great writer, someone who really knows their stuff, and then you're pushing to demo the song that's just good, they don't really love that because that's their money too. They got to kick in on it. So if, I mean, if you're going to pay for the whole thing, great. It's still not going to get cut. <laughs> You know, and you're in yeah. twice as deep, uh, but it shows a other writer that, well, you just don't know where the bar is yet. You know, if they don't love it or may put them in an awkward situation where they, their publisher doesn't want to cut it because, or demo it because it's not great. And so now they're stuck between you and their publisher. And that's not, that's not a place they want to be in. So that lowers your chance of getting in the room with them again because they don't want to have that awkwardness again. So you want to wait till you have something great. Of course, what is yeah. great? That's a whole that's a whole other episode, right? But you want to demo the song that's great. The good songs, great. Move on, because that's time you could spend writing the great one. So that's one thing. That's from episode nineteen. Still okay, I gotta, I, I, I gotta interject. I gotta uh-huh. ask a question. I want to yeah. ask you a question, actually. So, is there 
some kind of tool, and there may be no answer for this, okay? Mm -hmm. But over time from working, uh, you know, being a writer, being an artist, being in the industry, hearing boatloads of songs, you start to get um, a perspective, I Mm -hmm. guess would be the best word, and you start to be able to understand the difference between a mediocre song, a good song, and a great song. Mm-hmm. Right. So is there a tool or something like, cause you said that's for another episode. I think that would mm-hmm. be a good episode to have. Like, how do you, you know, how do you know? Like, cause I think when it comes to, you know, people who are earlier in their journey, artists and songwriters, and I, I always think of songwriters as artists anyway, mm-hmm. but as they're earlier in their journey, is there some way to fast track that perspective? Is there some kind of tool or some sort of set of basic blueprint where you can say, Hey, look, this is. Well, it's a good question. And so it, it rung a bell with me. So I went and looked up our, our episode list. We actually talk about this way on episode 17 and 19 from 2016, oh, wow. eight questions to ask yourself before you demo that song. <laughs> so, okay. Boys well, there and we girls, go. Climbers. Episode now 17? you have a place to go. <laughs> well, what do you know? Episode 19. So that is the one that we just pulled from. We talk about that in that episode. So, okay. uh, but it's one. So just to not go as in depth as two episodes did, but uh, one thing I ask is, am I going to pitch this? Like, really? Is this really going to be like something that makes for me as a writer, the difference? Like, am I actually going to pitch this song or not? Is it beating, beating something that I already have that hasn't been cut yet that I'm pitching actively or is it just going to sit in the catalog? If it doesn't beat what I have or, or come up beside it, you know, fill a gap beside it, you know, does it do something a little different than what I already have? Or is it better than what I already have? If it's not, that means why am I spending money on backups? Right. <laughs> when my, yeah. when my starters aren't getting it done. I mean, sometimes you're like, well, if it's really close, then it may just be a different flavor. That's, you know, for somebody else. But that's one of the things I look at is like, Am I real? Like, who am I going to go pitch this to? Am I fired yeah. up to go pitch this right now? And who am I going to pitch it to? If not, eh, it's not as big of a priority. So, it's, uh, and of course, this conversation sort of predicated on the idea that you have to go spend money to get it done, right? Yeah. Like, if you're a track person, mm-hmm. but um, still, that's time. And those people that are track people, they they <laughs> end up running into that because it's easier for them to get co-writes because they have a, an additional value that they bring. People look at like, oh, I write with you and I get a free demo. But yeah. they, you write for a morning, half a day, and maybe it's been like two other days doing the track and the demo and getting it all lined out. So what you're mm-hmm. putting a half a day into, they're putting like three days into or at least two days or the rest of that day. And that's expensive because right. that's time they could spend writing. And they and that's a that's a line they have to walk because sometimes they just need to say no. Like, man, yeah. I'm really not feeling that one. I really don't think it's oh, – they're not going to be as productive. They're going to take two days – to work on it when they could have just hopefully written a great song with you or with somebody else. So even yeah. that there's time cost. So you got, you got to pay attention to it, but yeah, it does change the math. Some, if you can like, that's where I'm doing some in, have some interns, you know, and uh, after Bill Clinton, you can't say I'm doing some interns. You got to say, um, <laughs> I have some interns. Um, and, and that's one of the things some of the interns are doing for me is doing demos and stuff. And it takes, it does take some time still, cause you'll have your weekly meeting and you'll talk about it and stuff, but it's a minimal, you know, time, uh, investment, but it's some songs that maybe yeah. are, are niche specific or something that just, they mean something to me and I want to give them a shot. You know, I want to have a version for myself. So, yeah. Um, so you, uh, yeah, you want to demo the stuff that's great. All right. Uh, second one is from episode 21. And it says, to get a cut, the right song needs to hit the right ears at the right time. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Climbers, do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song today in American Songwriters 2021 Song Contest to win $10,000 promotion across American Songwriter and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your songs in front of the contest judges who are also number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. I love that. Vance Joy and Martina McBride, along with top A&R executives such as the senior VP of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Go to americansongwriter.com forward slash song dash contest to enter. Again, that's americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter. And if you use the coupon code CLIMB, all capital letters, C-L-I-M-B, you'll save 10% on your contest entry. No reason not to do it now, guys. The right song has to hit the right ears at the right time. So that's what we named this episode after. And it's true. It's it Rarely is it um, just one shot, one cut, you know, one pitch, one cut. Sometimes it works that way because – Probably because you know then who to get it to. You know who the right ears are. You know the right <laughs> time is, and you know it's the right song. You know, that comes from experience and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But usually you had to pitch a song a bunch of times. I mean, um, Monday Morning Church was on hold for Leanne Womack and for Terry Clark before Alan cut it. Uh, crickets had been passed Terry on. Clark, too? Wow. Yeah, she'd had it on hold. Yeah, she had on hold. And the the night I got the call, or the morning actually from Aaron, that Terry didn't cut it is when we found out that Alan put it on hold. Like, Terry didn't cut it, but Alan Jackson put it on hold. I'm like, I don't know what to do with these emotions. So, <laughs> it's a lateral pass. Yeah. I'm just, last, ooh, boy. It's like I thought we were about to get a, you know sweep around the side and get some good yardage and then to throw it back to the quarterback. I'm like, oh, they're going for a trick play. This could be a touchdown. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know what to do. So, yeah. anyway. So, yeah. And and Joe Nichols on crickets. Now, I pitched it to his label head at the time, Mark Wright, over on Universal South, and he passed on it. Uh, Mark's had a bunch of hits, so, hey, you know, he knows what he's doing. But it didn't get to Joe, and then eventually Joe changed record labels, went over to Red Bow, which is under Broken Bow. And then I pitched it to uh, Benny Brown, the head of the label over there at the time, and Benny dug it. And we got to come. Yeah. Right here's yeah. right time. You know, so that's often the story of a cut. So. I mean, probably every cut I've had that wasn't an artist co-write had to go through, had to find the right and, song, right ears, right time. Yeah. And and how about the, let's add one more to that, the right brand Well, for a song. Yes. I mean, I, that's I go part back of the right to, song. Yes. But I yes, guess you're right. Yeah, that, yeah. But that's good to pull that out. That's part of what makes it the right song is that it's on brand for an artist. Like one of my favorite country songs from one of my just admittedly like my least one of my least favorite country artists i am <laughs> not a huge kenny chesney fan by mm-hmm. any stretch i'm just not he's just not my guy you know what i mean not your lane. Like nothing yeah. against not just not my he just doesn't you know not my bag baby doesn't blow my skirt up you know what i mean mm-hmm. but american kids mm-hmm. is an awesome freaking knockdown drag out smash hit song yeah. i 
love that song. And you can find it regularly placed on my personal playlist, you know, juxtaposed between you know, Lynch Mob and uh, <laughs> White Snake and Van Halen, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, not Van Hagar, Van Halen. Okay. But yeah. the, but uh, because I love that song, Lady A was, it was originally pitched to Lady A and they passed on it. Mm-hmm. So it, here's the situation where a great freaking song wrong set of ears like they're yeah. just like that's not their brand it wasn't something that they were going to do and and, and 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 rightly so yeah it's, it's it's kind of about is that song the right artistic pair of pants for the artist on this particular record because mm-hmm. maybe that song would have been absolutely cut on the last record that's right. But now they're changing. Look at different stuff like Jason Aldean's done from the first record to the second record to the third record and how they're they're changing the sonic and the vibe and the sort of thing. You know, it, it all sort of flows in there. So it, it's 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 being on cue with that, too. You know, just keep that in mind. Just I, I just say that to keep writers from being so self-traumatizing on on I didn't get a cut of it, you know, whatever. I guess it doesn't work. I suck. Or no, maybe it's a great song. And and you just haven't gotten it in front of the right person yet. That's all. Exactly. Or it's it, not it, the it, right it, time. Or Yeah. So I was, yeah. um, I, I did a hang interview, uh, which is something I try to do on a regular basis over at songwritingpro.com. So I'll bring in a, a pro in some area of the business and chat with them for 30 minutes or so and record it and try to get as, extract as much wisdom from them as possible. Uh, and so I was uh, talking to Eric Torres. He's, he produced uh, some of that early Jimmy Allen stuff. And so real integral in, in Jimmy Allen's launch. He's a Jimmy, if you don't know him, he's a hit country artist. And uh, we're talking about songs being on brand. And he said, Hey, some of my friends will send me a song. Like, Hey, can you play this for Jimmy? I'm like, well, send it to me. And he goes, it may be a great song, but it sounds like something like, I don't know, Chris Stapleton would do, or it sounds like something Jamie Johnson would do. And I don't even play for Jimmy because it's not what Jimmy does. It's not his lane. And so they're like, yeah. hey, do you play? For, what What Jimmy say? He's like, dude, I, I'm not playing that for him. It's, it's not his brand. It's not what he does. doesn't matter how good the song is. It's not what he does. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's a real world. There's the producer not playing the song for the artist, even though it might be a really great song. Maybe it's, but it's not for that artist. So he's not going to waste his time pitching him something that's off brand. It's like, dude, I can't yeah. do it. I'm sorry. And that was for a friend. He's like, he's got yeah. friends. So that's an awkward conversation. He's like, I mean, on, on, on a, like a, a sort of a sort of real world uh, outside the music business uh, analogy. That's like going to the head of a biker gang with some clothing options and be like, here's a pink frilly thing with the boa, like a feather. <laughs> right sparkly rainbow yeah. colored boa what do you think this could be like the coolest jacket ever made but mm-hmm. that guy doesn't give up oh. <laughs> yeah. well it's like well just it's not his brand you know not his brand or it could be like this really you know masculine but more like gq you know suit yeah yeah you know it could be like oh like you're balling on wall street or something yeah. well okay but that's for a different dude than this dude not when yeah. he's climbing on the back of the Harley. Like, yeah. no, it's just, it, it's quality. It could be a $3,000 suit. That's Doesn't, quality. Yeah, but not my not, bag, baby. Yeah. yeah. It's going to end up with bugs in it. I don't care. Yeah. So, exactly. So, right song, have to hit the right ears at the right time. There you go. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's, go, let's move on here. Let's hit from episode number 59. Every line in your song is important. Every line needs to point to the theme idea and vibe of the song every line has a job to do all right so this is where i mean you you just go through and as you're writing the song a lot of times they say you know right to the hook right to the hook right to the hook with your hook being your title and a lot of times your title will encompass the theme of the idea Mm -hmm. and so every line you should i've had people say like every line i should be able to say the title after it and it makes sense (laughs) you know or every thought like I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came to stop me on a dime. Live like you were dying. Oh, okay. It makes, yeah. You know, you can see how it relates to that. Yeah. Spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays, talking about the options, talking about sweet time. Live like you were dying. Like you were that's dying. right on top. You know, I went skydiving. Live like you were dying. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. Live like you were dying. You know, you can look at every line of that song. Or um, 
You know what that's like? That's like playing the in-bed game at a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. The Chinese, the fortune cookie game, yes. With the fortune cookie, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, just, every, you read every fortune, and then you end it with in-bed. In-bed, right? right. And, that's, and that's super. But it do, so do that with mm-hmm. the title and just see if that if it works. Each you know, of those thoughts, are they, are they aiming at that title, that theme of the song? And so when yeah. you don't do that and, and you realize, oh, well, you know, the second verse kind of veers off into – I don't know, a, a subplot or some tangent, it takes away from the power of the song. It may confuse the listener going, wait, what, wait what's going on now? What? Or So it's going to confuse them or it just lessens the power of your song because it's not all pulling in one direction. It's it's like you're basically what you're doing is you're, you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. You know, yeah. that's what you're doing. You're kind of tapping the brakes when you get off theme. So how how well does that work? <laughs> you know, yeah. one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake. No. So every line of your song is important. They all matter. And you want to make sure they all point to that theme of that idea. So that's a good exercise. If you're not sure about it, just take one of your lyrics and just every line, just go, okay, how's this relate? How's this relate? And sometimes it may take more than one line to get there because it's, you know, you got to complete the thought. And this thought is all about that. But you want to make sure everything points in the same direction. All right. Love so, that. Yep. Uh, let's see here. This is from episode 79. So we're bouncing around. Getting close to 100. All right. People have to know you as a writer to offer you opportunities. People have to know you as a writer to offer you opportunities. So we've we touched on the craft some. We touched on plugging. This is another um, relationship part, you know. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many opportunities I've had that have come to me because my phone rang because somebody suggested me to somebody else because somebody came looking for me. Mm-hmm. Ones that I didn't create myself. I mean, in a sense, I created the environment by getting out there, writing the best songs I can, meeting as many people as possible, and then eventually opportunities start start coming your way. You know, that push starts to become a pull, I guess. Um, but yeah, if they don't know, you know, it's the no like and trust thing. They can't like you or trust you if they don't know you exist. So yeah. I've I've gotten publishing deals this way because I mean when I was looking around and put the word out that hey I'm looking for a pub deal whatever eventually like the, I remember at Writers Infinity I got that one because my phone rang because I think maybe Brandon Kenny and Lisa Schaefer had both mentioned me to somebody like to the plugger or somebody over there like hey Brent's looking for them oh really what's going on with him they talk they had this whole conversation about me and then my phone rings I didn't even know that this company was around or looking for a writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's because people knew me. It wasn't an opportunity that I created. I want to say like a couple of my pub deals were that way. I think RPM was that way too. I didn't know anyone over there. And then like I got reached out to by Sam Ramage or somebody's like, hey, you need to call Sam over there at RPM. Oh, okay. You know, and so it wasn't a thing that I knocked on the door cold. It was somebody suggested them or you know, co-write opportunities. Hey, you should write with this artist or, Hey, write with this, you know, you want, you want to write, I can bring in this artist or I can bring in this producer or whatever. Great. But they couldn't have offered that opportunity to me if they didn't know me. So what are you doing climber to get your name out there, to get your songs out there other than blowing us up in the climb community, right? (laughs) On Facebook. Other than that, what are you doing to share your work and your name and your brand as a creative? So people, know you exist so that if you can solve a problem for them, then they yeah. can call you. So, yeah. Um, it's a huge part of it. And I know. I, I have a friend. I have a friend, like a good friend of mine who I've known for a number of years. And um, I mean, check this out. Like just found out recently that he's a songwriter. <laughs> okay. Oh, you just found out. I just found oh, out. Oh, I thought they just found out. Okay. No, I just so, found out. Okay. So he's not uh, telling anybody, right? Okay. Like, because, but almost to the point of like being debilitating, I think. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, I think it's a fear. I think it's a, um, mm. it's a protection racket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of 
like thrusting forward into because he played me some of his stuff. I, I think he's got he's got good instincts, competitive instincts. I think he he understands how to put everything together. Uh, I think he needs to write with a lot more people. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and then he'll just he'll, it, that those instincts will turn into more of more of a craft and. Yeah. So he's really good friends with another friend of mine who's sort of like a higher level songwriter. Mm-hmm. That person knows that he's a songwriter. And he's always trying to like kind of pound them to help him out, sort of skip class, you know, skip yeah. like I'm going to go from being a freshman to a senior. And it, it, it doesn't kind of work like that, but on that hand, so he's choosing not to um, hang out with, other songwriters, not to engage, not to create relationships, not to network and everything mm-hmm. like that. And that's hurting them, right? For the very things that you're saying, well, you know, number one, he's going to be improving his craft with writing within his class, so to yeah. speak. And, and then two, uh, those are the people that are going to do exactly what you're saying that are going to, Hey man, I got this guy over here. They're looking for a new writer. Mm-hmm. Like, you should know about, I thought of you, you know what I mean? Like they can't, yeah. you can't win if you don't play. Exactly. I mean, do you want, do you want to be a songwriter or do you want to have written songs? Like, <laughs> You know, yeah. are you in it? If you're in it, you're going to be, you want to do it all the time. So um, for example, Erin Enderlin, I mean, if I tried to skip class with her because I wouldn't have Monday morning church cup by Alan Jackson go top five because she was younger than me. She, um, also didn't have a publishing deal. She was ahead of me in some regards, but because she was in Murfreesboro, which is just outside of Nashville, and she was, you know, riding with people, but I'm not sure if she was riding with anybody that had any cuts at that point or was signed, but she didn't have anything going on. So if I'd said, oh, you know, I got this thing, I got this Monday morning church thing, and it's just so good, this idea that I'm not going to write it until I can write it with a hit songwriter, I wouldn't have taken to Aaron, and we wouldn't have written that hit together. So it's a good yeah. thing I didn't skip class. You can't neglect your peer group. And because of knowing her, you know, I was able to go out to her rounds and meet buddies like Anthony Oreo and Anthony and I were just, you know, hanging out this weekend on a boys, you know, weekend. And and we've been, I mean, just really you good and friends. Oreo? For, yeah. It was really good to see him again. And so we've been How's friends for going on 20 years now because, yeah. you know, I didn't neglect my peer group and he's doing great. He's doing great. So just, I love that guy busting it. You know how he hustles. So yeah, he's great. Um, So yeah, people have to know you as a writer to offer you opportunities to write with people, to pitch songs, that sort of thing. I mean, you ever get a call like, Hey, you got anything for so-and-so you're not going to get those calls. If they don't know you're a writer, they're not going to say, Hey, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, Keith Urban's looking, you got anything for Keith Urban. You're not going to get that call. If they don't know you write or don't know you exist or don't know what you do. Why would they call you? So yeah, I mean, I, I, I've hung out with this buddy of mine for I've known him for a couple of years now. He's a really great guy. He's mm-hmm. a he's a really I consider him a good friend. I'm like, how do I not know this? Yeah, what the hell? You know, like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, how could you have helped him? But you didn't because not that you wouldn't have wanted to. He didn't yeah. provide you with what you needed to help him. I mean, yeah, if I'm going to be, if I'm, if I'm going to be a, a, open a handyman business and I got all the tools and I got, and I got the skill set, and I can go in and, and help you, you know, remodel y- your kitchen, but I don't let you know, I'm, I'm not going to get any business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? it's like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. All right. Let's see here. Uh, let's look at another one here. So building really, this is from episode 285. So we're taking a big old jump, but episode 285 uh, says building your relationships provides information and access. So this is another thing about, you know, no like, and trust. You want to, you know, three steps to songwriting success, write great songs, build strong relationships, repeat. And part of that is because building relationships provides information and access. For example, uh, you know, I've had some cuts up in Canada with Gord Bamford. And how did I how did I get on those records? It well it came through a relationship with Byron Hill. Byron was producing Gord at the time. Byron's a Hall of Fame songwriter. And, you know, when we were doing homework, like I kind of, you know, weasel my way onto that, like Byron, can I I'd love to write with you and Gord. You know, what's he looking for? Can I provide value? Let me send you some ideas. Let me 
earn my way into the writing room with this. And so, you know, Byron had trusted me, you know, no like and trust by that point. I'd cleared those hurdles. So he's like, yeah, let's do this. And he told me what kind of stuff Gord was looking for. Hey, he wants to go a little bit edgier. He wants to da-da-da-da, you know, that he's done in the past. And I think that's what we're looking for for this record. Great. So I go in our woodshed and I have some ideas and, and run them past Byron. And he likes when your lifts are so close. That I was trying to write with that kind of edge of what Gore is doing, which is a little bit of a departure from what he's done before. And so we kind of get that ball rolling. We bring in Gord. We all write the song together. Uh, but from that seed of going, no, this might be what he needs. So there's the information. There's the access. And it becomes a CCMA single of the year. I wouldn't have had that. If one thing, if I just pitched, because they cut a lot of their own stuff, the Gord's a good writer, and so he cuts a lot of stuff that he writes. But so I wouldn't have been in that room, and I might have just brought something that was more like what he's done in the past. And I did bring in some of those, and he cut them too, but they weren't the big single. So that's what relationships provides information access. You know, you, you see a lot of the same names on a lot of the songs and you're like, man, rich get richer. How is so, how is Shane McAnally on every song? How's Josh? Yes, it's a close every club. Song? You gotta be, gotta be Shane. Right. Step one, be Shane McAnally. Step two, <laughs> right, be exactly. Shane McAnally. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, first of all, they're on there because they're great writers. Okay. They're yep. great writers and they're smart writers. They know how to write a hit, which is better, which is different than just writing a, a well-crafted song. You know, we're trying to get songs that are moving people's career forward. So they're really good at that. But then also because they've had success, they get in more rooms. They have more credibility. They're at the events where they can meet more people and more people know them. And we talked about how they have to know you as a writer to bring you opportunities. So that's that's the thing. And so it, it ratchets it up. It's not just a closed good old boy network, but it is a people of people like to work with people they know, like, and trust. And so once you kind of get a toehold in there, get that door open a little bit, it's easier to get more of that if you're a professional and you follow through and you keep and you keep earning your reputation, you know, because it's like the rent on your reputation is due every every right, you know, and they keep coming oh, through. Oh, so people keep... That's a t-shirt. There you go. That's another quote. I'm going to get a quote for, from the episode about quotes. Um, but the, <laughs> the that's part of your reason, reputation is due on every right. Right. <laughs> And that's part of how they keep end up on so many songs is one, they're really good. So they work at it Two, They know the difference between a, a good song and a commercial song. And three, every bit of leverage they use, they use to meet more people, build more credibility, get in more rooms, write more songs. So it is, it's, I call it the upward spiral of the music business. You know, you've seen people on a downward spiral, which is usually like blame excuses don't work as hard. That's the downward spiral that leads you to failure in the music business. But the upward spiral is writing the best songs you can, meeting as many people as you can, being professional, being humble, being likable. It's so they can know, like, and trust you. And then that gets you into some different rooms, maybe some little higher level rooms. And you go in there and you do your best. And that's going to get you in some other rooms because they're going to know some more people. Maybe they bring in an artist and you're on this upward spiral we're all spinning one way or the other and so but once you start making excuses getting bitter that leads to people don't want to be around you as much i mean i don't want to be around negative people because this business is too negative anyway there's too much rejection it's like i got to protect myself from that because otherwise you'll drag me down your negative spiral with you so unless we're like really good buddies that i'm going to try to help you if you're just somebody who's out there, but you're you're being negative or you're not working hard, it's like I'm out, I'm out. Yeah, because I got I have to I got five kids to feed. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I can't be going down after you. So anyway, and you're never above the hustle, man. No, no. I think of the uh-huh. Diane Warren so- story after she's a massive, hugely, mm-hmm. you know, godlike level hit songwriter. Mm-hmm. And and still, she's hustling to get in the same elevator with Cher to pitch her a song. Yeah, and that kind of hustles why she's a she's not going to rely on like her fame or her name or mm-hmm. even her people in this instance to pitch something to her. She wanted to go face to face, had an opportunity, and went and did that. Mm-hmm. She's not above the hustle. You know what I mean? Right. She's like, no, I'm still I'm Diane freaking Warren. Cher should be coming to me. No, no, 
it's like, hey, share, check the. I mean, I, th- man, I, th- I think this mm-hmm. song might be for you. And but yeah. but bing, it's another cut that she gets. That's that's amazing. So it's yeah. it's it's all, always working, always working. Yeah, love it. All right, last one we'll do is from episode two eighty seven. Says, be financially smart. Don't spend more money than necessary. Otherwise, your songs will have to work harder to generate more money. All right. So, you've ever heard the phrase, you know, feast or famine? Well, the music business is mostly like fast or famine, but there are a few feasts thrown in there. And so, <laughs> what one mistake that some writers make if they get that first hit, that first major cut, is they up their lifestyle, you know, to, to equal that level of success. Yeah. But you know what? Most of us don't maintain that level of success. You may have that one that pops up and then maybe five, 10, never before you get another one. Yeah. And so if you all of a sudden jacked up your lifestyle, that means, oh man, my, my baseline, you know, the nut I have to cover every month just went up like three times as much, but oh, the, the royalty statements are dwindling back down. They're on a downward trajectory. My floor has been raised. Uh Oh, I might have to go get a go get a job sooner than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, the the common wisdom is you get that first major cut, that first hit, bank it. Pretend like you didn't get it. Just bank it as much as you can. Yep. Just or get rid of debt. You do it in other words, to lower your 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 floor that you have to make, not raise it. Yeah. That's what I you remember want to like do. one of the best business lessons I ever learned was um that overhead is a reality and sales are a fantasy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Overhead is a reality. Sales are a fantasy. That is true for all businesses. And when businesses, they have to understand this too. Mm-hmm. This being a good business person, yes. right? We have to be careful when we hire. We have to be careful when, you know, we have to cut before the curve. Like if we know we're going to go down mm-hmm. on revenue, we got to start laying people off before that. Otherwise the business doesn't survive. Right. It's the way to, it's just good business. And I think, what was it that um, uh, Bono was always sort of famous for saying, man, don't go get the big mansion until the live album comes out, right? Because (laughs) if you can can do enough uh, uh, major label studio Mm -hmm. records to get to the point where you're going to be able to sell a live album and have a big enough brand to sell a live album, at that point, you know, you've got some steady revenue that's going to be coming mm-hmm. in with the publishing and all that and the radio spins. It's going to keep you going. But until then, don't do it. And another story I think about real quick is Zach Wilde, Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player. Mm-hmm. This dude is a, a monster businessman. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't know it. You know what I mean? But I remember him being a seven-figure dude, man, making a, a million dollars a year or more with, with when he was with Ozzy, touring with Ozzy, mm-hmm. all the all the <clears throat> co-writes and stuff like that, and getting publishing and that whole deal and blah blah blah. And forever he lived in this like little five hundred thousand dollar house in the valley, mm-hmm. and did not get the big mansion mm-hmm. and was just banking everything. And now that cat lives up like. Um, North of the valley in, um, I, I forget the name of the, the city now, but it's just like, it's just like, f- like 35 minutes North of LA and he's got his own label. He's, mm. y- y- you know what I mean? Like black label society is, is a, is a business that is running and it's not loaded with debt. He wasn't out, you know, buying, you know, huge mansions, super fast cars and BS like that. He just, man, he kept that like blue collar lifestyle. Yeah. And and now he he's done so many amazing things like with his brand because he had the money to do it. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have to ask somebody else. So brilliant man. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's and that's the opposite story from from most people who hit a good look in the music business. And what I look at it is, you know what, um, me being able to go to Music Row and write songs or hop on Zoom you know, these days and write songs with people. That's my vacation. That's my lavish yep. vacation, but I just get to do it every day or most days or that, you know, getting to hear my song on the radio. Oh, my gosh. Or just hear a great demo back and not ha- and getting to do that instead of going to a sales gig or going to the cubicle. That's my big house. Yeah. You know, that's the lifestyle I want. Be able when people say, what do you do? I'm a songwriter. <laughs> you know, that's 
that's my big screen that TV. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's my stuff. Instead of the physical things, which will often take you out of the business because we're going to hit those downtimes. If you're you're blessed, if you get the cut, you know, you're not guaranteed the highs. You are guaranteed the lows. Those are going to happen. And so if you don't build it in a way where it's sustainable, where you can outlast the those droughts, then you're going to have to go do something else. And then you have less time to write yourself out of that drought. You have less maybe credibility in some people's eyes to go, oh, you know, he had to go do that thing, you know. Oh, you're not really around. Oh, hey, you want to go right today? Say if they know you, right? And they bring an opportunity. Then, man, I mean, one thing that full disclosure, like after I think I, I'm trying to remember if I took a, no, I was still writing at uh, Writer's Infinity when we wrote When Your Lips Are So Close. It takes a while for it to come out, right? And yeah. I was in a sales gig by the time it came out, because I lost a publishing deal, the, the investor got out of the business. So it's not like I lost a publishing deal. The publishing deal went away. <laughs> so yeah. the whole publishing company went away. But at that point, you know, we got a couple kids. It's it's time to go, kind of go make some steady income to <laughs> save my marriage, basically. And so went and did that and did the sales gig. And then I have this, this song blowing up in Canada. And it's not change your life, quit your job money either. But it's it's a leverage point. We're talking about creating leverage in the music business. And then there are other opportunities that I couldn't take advantage of because I was so busy day jobbing, you yep. know, and, and that just based, based broke on the my heat heart and that, ticked me off. Based the, on the heat from that, that number one that you had in Canada. Exactly. I could have been getting rights all for one thing, all over Canada, you know, yeah. either traveling up there or when people are coming down or whatever, it's like, well, I got to do this gig from like eight to five thirty or six by the time I get home. Family time, got to do that because that's otherwise it ain't worth it if I lose that. And yep. so, most unless I, I, I take a day off here and there to to do a targeted right, but there's so much more I could have been doing, and I lost yep. a lot of that momentum. Of course, now I'm back in it. I'm full time in it, but I've had to, it, you know, build some of that traction. A lot of people know those. So I'm writing with a guy here in a couple hours that was like, oh, my gosh, I love that song. We used to cover that song in our shows. You know, a Canadian producer and some of those artists like, oh, we covered that song. Or I used no, to hear that song. Are so close? Yeah. It were like, man, we right. used to hear that song every night on tour because we did a tour with Gord, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so it's still relevant. But I lost some of that momentum because I was having a day job. Now, what can you do do to build your lifestyle in a way that you don't have to go do that? So you, if something pops, you can take advantage of it. I feel very blessed that I've been able to get back in the business and I've had cuts since I've gotten back in and have the time and the flexibility to take advantage of that. And I just thank the Lord he's blessing us with five kids that Songwriting Pro, The Climb, and Songwriting somehow has covered all that. I hustle. I work my butt off. But I'm able to go. Well, take it's all a ride. been intentional. It's been a very intentional move. Yes. To to to, to get you back to to where you are. Yeah. You know. And um, and we don't have a lavish lifestyle because again, you know. And I tell my wife and I've explained to her, me being able to go pick up the boys every day at three o'clock when they get out of school, that's part of our bigger house. That's part of our nicer car because I'm home. So when they're off yeah. school, I'm home. Till they go to bed, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, hey, that's part of it. That's part of our lifestyle is the flexibility that comes from having these jobs. And once in a while, I'm going to have to make, I'm going to go on writing trips or I may have this or that. But most of the time, I'm home a lot more than dudes that are like day job in it. Yep. And so that's part of the lifestyle. So again, just look at your money, look at your finances. You don't, what do you want? Do you want to have the, the car that says like, oh, he must be a successful songwriter or do you, but you're working a day job or do you want to have, you know, do you want to have uh, the used car that isn't, that's not going to turn a bunch of heads, but you know what? You get to go drive that to a co-ride today. I don't care what I show up to the co-ride in. That's right. I'll ride a skateboard there <laughs> if I have to. And I'm tall. I do not have a good center of gravity. I will, I will ride a skateboard there if I need to, to get me to the car right rather than driving a freaking, I don't know, whatever, some whip. I'm trying to picture that right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You a skateboard. Yeah, not good. Never has been good. Yeah, turn backwards, crouch down. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Not good at all. Shooting down music row. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I have to, dadgummit, I will. 
<laughs> so I'd rather do that than drive a whip to a cubicle. There you go. So anyway, those are some of the uh, so some of the quotables I think, and some of the lessons. Just looking back over over three hundred episodes, if you found value from this, go back and check out some of the new some of the old episodes. It's not just the new stuff. Now the audio quality is going to vary <laughs> over the three hundred episodes. Um, but and that's called just making it happen, people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We got in and got started, and we're we're constantly fixing as we go. But I would encourage you go back and listen to those episodes. Now I've been pulling for my episodes, but Johnny's episodes. There's so many of those. It'd be like going in a time capsule and reading the Nostradamus predicting the future on on some of those old episodes, the even numbered ones that Johnny does. There's so much of value yeah. there. Go back and listen. Don't just listen to the new one that comes out. Go find some time and go dig through the archives. So so much of it is, I think, really helpful for you as a singer, a songwriter, or an indie artist. So that's why I wanted to share today. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, you should plug your book. That's right. So um, thank you for being here, for listening. Uh, I have a gift for you. It's right now what we're doing is, and this is going to change over time. Uh, so if you go to songwritingpro.com slash forward slash gift, or just go to songwritingpro.com, look at the top toolbar. It says free gift. Right now it's over five hours of video content, um, uh, a sneak peek into the Songwriting Pro member area. Now, what I find is that people don't actually watch all that. So we're probably going to pare it down a little bit and just distill it even a little bit more. But it's a free preview. And then uh, we also let you know about what else is going on in the community, what kind of opportunities we have going on. Right now, we have something great going on with Leah Turner, who's a rising artist uh, mixing Latin and, and country music. She just did a guest editorial for, on the new issue of American Songwriter that, to bring it all full circle. Uh, with Dave yeah. Grohl on the cover, she was a guest editor. She's making things happen. We're looking for songs for her because Ray and, and I know her and Johnny knows her. We've had her on the podcast. We're looking for songs for her. And so you can find out about opportunities like that. So hopefully you can start on that climb yourself. So anyway, songwritingpro.com slash gift. I got, a, I got a freebie there for you. Just tell me where to send it. I'll send it to you. We'll hook you up, and we're happy to make that happen for you. There you go, guys. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast. Uh, tell a friend about it, okay? If you're getting value out of this, if you listen this long for crying out loud, you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you're trying to support, support local podcasts or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it because you're getting something out of it. So uh, tell somebody about it and help us help you help them. That's the whole deal. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.